Welcome to the Painting of the Week podcast, where we look at some of the most significant paintings throughout history. Introducing your hosts, Phil Grabsky and Laura Bentham. Hello, welcome to this week's Painting of the Week. Uh, my name's Phil. I'm not with Laura today, I'm on my own. Well, not entirely on my own. I'm with the Curator of Decorative Arts at the Ashmolean Museum in Oxford, uh, Matthew Winterbottom. And we're going to talk first, uh, relatively briefly for us, about a painting by Sir John Everett Millet uh, called John Ruskin. Now, uh, you'll all know by now to go to the Seventh Art Productions website to look at the image. Um, but I will ask Matthew to briefly describe what, it, what we are seeing. Well, this is an extraordinary portrait of uh, John Ruskin, who was the preeminent art critic and, and writer and thinker of the 19th century. And here he is in looking resplendent as the kind of archetypal Victorian gentleman in wearing a kind of black frock coat with grey trousers and, and a brown hat. And he's standing in front of this wonderful, uh, very realistically um, depicted waterfall up in the Trossachs up in Scotland. So here he is surrounded by the beauty of this natural um, uh, waterfall behind him with a wonderful sort of wall of rock and ferns and ivy climbing up behind him and he's sort of looking into the distance wistfully now i know a little bit about ruskin can you tell me his connection to oxford well ruskin is very closely connected to oxford and this is why we had the painting here the painting came to us as part of an acceptance in lieu scheme um, where it was given to us uh, in lieu of tax by the government uh, because it was thought to be particularly appropriate to oxford because ruskin was closely involved also with the Ashmolean Museum. Uh, he was first Slade Professor of Art here in Oxford. Uh, he established the Ruskin School of Drawing here in Oxford, actually in the museum in the 1870s. And he was also, um, he also uh, studied in Oxford. He was at Christchurch College as an undergraduate as well. So he was very closely linked with Oxford. And in fact, this painting belonged to his great friend, uh, Sir Henry Ackland, who was a physician here, uh, here in Oxford, a very important member of the university who helped establish the Oxford Museum of Natural history as well so they were great friends in fact uh, when this painting was painted Ackland held the canvas for Millet um, when he first started painting it up in Scotland. And do we know why Millet painted this was it a commission? It was. It was commissioned by uh, by, by uh, Ruskin's father, uh, and in fact, it was very interesting because uh, Ruskin believed in truth to nature, and you should show painting artists should show nature in all its beauty, beautiful detail. This is why we have this extraordinarily detailed depiction of the natural Scottish landscape behind it. So, in fact, to do it, uh, Ruskin, his young wife Effie, and uh, and uh, and Millie went on holiday up to Scotland in order to paint, start painting outdoors, which was a bit of a disaster because um, the weather was very wet and they were plagued by Scottish midges so it was not a great success but it did mean this is why you have this extraordinarily realistic depiction of the of the of the waterfall behind Ruskin it's one of the great depictions of a waterfall slight point of detail but I know that he lived in the Lake District uh, not Coniston Water um, yeah, yeah, yeah. um where there are plenty of waterfalls, is there a particular reason why they didn't do the painting there? This is before he moves up there. So this ah. is, yes, yes. And Scotland, of course, has this huge fascination for the Victorians. It was rediscovered by the Victorians as this kind of natural, unspoiled beauty. And of course, for Ruskin, who was rejecting the kind of 
uh, um, dirty, industrial, polluted cities. You know, Scotland represented this beautiful kind of unspoilt wilderness. So this is partly why it's been chosen up there. And he was very interested in geology. In fact, you see here this kind of volcanic rock behind him, which is shown in all its extraordinary detail. So uh, obviously it was much easier up in places like the wilds of Scotland to see this kind of raw, raw geology. Was this type of portrait where so much of the biography of the sitter is depicted in terms of the location in which they're painted, the background, what they're dressed, do you think this is a typical mid to late 19th century portrait in that sense? Well, no, it's not, because Millet, of course, was part of the Pyrophilite Brotherhood, which had been formed in Millet's studio in 1848 with the idea of this truth to nature, which is why many Pyrophilite paintings show this extraordinarily detailed view of the natural world. And that was really coming from Ruskin's writings, who believed in this idea of truth to nature, that artists should be truthful. So this painting is not typical in that way. I mean, actually, it was, being painted outdoors is, is, is very untypical, and this was a kind of experiment. The, the portrait of, Mil, Mil, uh, of Ruskin himself was actually finished in a studio in London, actually, the following year, in 1854. And then Millet went back up to Scotland the following year to, um, to, to spend some months finishing off the kind of background. But that was a very unusual idea. So no, this is actually fairly radical in, in its idea. And... Uh, and um, so, uh, yes, so it's not a typical image, although the way he's depicted in his uh, black throat coat is a fairly typical view of a, of a 19th century gentleman. I'd like to take this opportunity to ask you to explain the term pre-Raphaelites. Now, I just made a film about Raphael, so you'd think it would mean going back to a period before Raphael. I don't think it does quite mean that. What do you understand by that term? What did they mean by taking on that term? They sort of meant they were rejecting the kind of high renaissance. So they were rejecting the mannerist or the kind of the kind of conventions that were developed in the in the high renaissance period by artists and back to a, a simpler period where they believed in this kind of truth to nature, this a simpler, brighter colours, less sort of less uh, torturous poses, and um, a, a more a more a more religiously sort of. Um, honest kind of painting, I think. So it was not, yeah, I mean, yes, pre, pre-Raphael, this idea that, that brought in this kind of much more academic style of painting that um, slightly lost its freshness instead of going back to that. And it was, seems very radical. So in fact, Ruskin is important for the Pyrophilites because he champions them when many people are deriding them because they're very vivid colours. They often use very, very bright colours, bright greens. And, and people found this genuinely shocking in the late 1840s, early 1850s. And many people reject of their work and actually Ruskin comes to their rescue and starts writing about them and, 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 um, and, uh, and praising them which changes their fortune slightly. So just a couple more questions. For those that have seen the film Effie Gray, how does your understanding of who Ruskin really was differ from how he's portrayed in the film? Well, Paul Ruskin, he's a very, he's a very uh, misunderstood character, but we, and, we, and we don't fully understand Ruskin. So, of course, there are many issues over him and his person. And, of course, there's a very tragic backstory to this painting because he took his young wife, Effie, up on holiday. And he'd been, uh, he'd been obsessed with this, this woman. He'd, he'd married her. Um, but sadly, for some reason, he was unable to consummate the marriage. And poor old Effie was very frustrated and upset about this. And so uh, Millet goes on holiday. Millet is very young and very, um, very handsome, goes on holiday with, uh, with Ruskin and his wife. 
and actually Ruskin uh, and actually Millet and Effie fall in love together and eventually she leaves Ruskin for Millet and sues for an annulment of the marriage on grounds of lack of consummation and this becomes very public and very unfortunate and it's it's a very tragic story and there are lots of um, theories going around why this happened why Ruskin couldn't bring himself to do to, to, to sleep with his wife and it was all very personal and deeply embarrassing for everyone concerned in fact you know poor old um, Effie is not allowed to be presented at court for example when Millet becomes the president of the, the, the Royal Academy you know uh, his poor wife is, is not allowed to go to certain social occasions because of the scandal that had happened uh, so it's all very, very sad. And, uh, and but we just still don't know enough about Ruskin. You know, I mean, he's often shown as being very stuffy, very dry, but he was an incredible thinker, an incredible, an incredible, uh, you know, he was very, he believed in the, the, uh, uh, the sanctity of work, the, uh, the, the, how important um, uh, the, the importance of good, honest work was to to artisans. He didn't believe in industrialization. He thought that was dehumanizing for workers. He was an early pioneer of socialism. And he's the very radical ideas that he had, which go on to inspire people such as William Morris, for example. You know? um, so, you know, he had some extraordinary ideas. He has a very, very 19th century prose, which sort of, I think, can put some people off, but he's greatly misunderstood. And clearly he was a bit of a dry old stick sometimes I think you know and he did suffer with his mental health later on in life but that doesn't take away I think from the extraordinary achievement he wrote over 250 books uh, it was a great thinker and heavily um, uh, influenced and changed um, 19th century um, art criticism and an artist practice my final question is what do you think of it as a painting I think it's a wonderful painting. I mean, the way the, the water is sort of uh, is depicted behind it is extraordinary. And it really shows the promise that, that Millet had, I think. Um, sadly, Millet then moves away from, uh, from uh, Pre-Raphaelitism and becomes much more established as a sort of uh, academic painter and yeah. becomes um, less exciting, I think, and loses some of the promise that you see. He does very beautifully composed portraits, but they, don't, they lack what, what this has, which is, an, is, is a truly extraordinary painting. Not surprisingly, uh, Ruskin and his father went off this painting given the fact of the scandal and, and Ruskin then gives it away to his friend John Ackland and stays in his family and descends through his family into the 20th century so he didn't keep the portrait but it is a, one of the great 19th century portraits of a great 19th century thinker and writer Thank you very much Thank you for listening to the Painting of the Week podcast For more information please visit our website at 7th-art.com or contact us by emailing info at 7th-art.com See you next time.